Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the Topic Thunder podcast. Happy trade day to all the listeners. It's a great day. I feel like I must have accidentally uh, mixed up my sugar shaker in my coffee this morning with the one I have the ground up crack rocks because I just have so much energy right now. This is a great day. Um, Yes, I'm wearing my Seattle Supersonic shirt because it feels very appropriate for the start of a new rebuild. We were the Supersonics when we started the first one and now we're starting the next one. So, Matt, Matty Moles, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Just got back from church. Uh, I'm going to be muted every once in a while because I haven't eaten yet. So, like, that's <laughs> definitely going to happen. Is that pasta? Uh, that is definitely is pasta. Chili? Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. No, that's the time difference messing with me because I'm like, breakfast pasta? Breakfast pasta. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess at afternoon. Um so I'm going to be like bibbing it up to protect my white shirt because I'm a klutz. And yeah, that's going to happen. But I'm excited. Yeah, we got stuff to talk about. Late breaking stuff. So I'm really excited. Yeah, white white shirt with the pasta is definitely a questionable decision. Yeah. Un- unbeatable combo, if we're being honest. <laughs> unbeatable. Alex, what's up over there? Nothing much, man. I went I went yesterday, like the whole day, thinking that it was bedlam you know i even put my uh, my funny bedlam meme on facebook and twitter and all that stuff and i even looked at my espn app and was like huh they're a week behind and i changed it up and i was like hold up what went the whole day six o'clock rolled around i, w- I put it on channel seven abc and another game was on realized that it wasn't bedlam bedlam is next week so that's how my weekend weekend is going how's yours going Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, we're getting bedlam of a whole different type today. It started bright and early this morning, and it's looking yes. like we're going to have it all week leading up to the actual football game. Uh, to help us keep track of this madness, we got our salary cap guru, David Brandon, at Bird Rights NBA on. He's a multiple-time guest at this point. Happy Woo, to have Bird him back. Man. Help us make Help us make sense of this stuff. What's up, David? How much? Doing good. Hey, David. It's I think an the eventful last time, weekend. The last time you were on the pod was last draft. Yeah, it was. I believe it was, yeah. I've been on some other pods since then, but, yeah, that was the day we were out there. We went down to Blue Garden. It was yeah, like you man. were there, and, like, Brady Trantham was there, and um, – It was me, Brady, and, uh, and Jerry was there. Jerry was there. That's right, yeah. Yeah, well, your your draft stock never gets higher than around draft time. <laughs> this, this is when the salary cap info is most needed. <laughs> yeah. So, no, this, this time of year is the busiest right. for anybody into salary cap. No kidding. No kidding, man. And, and we got started again, like I said, bright and early this morning with Woj just dropping a series of bombs. The first several were about salary cap dates and – but I don't know. They said that they can. Everybody can opt out of the CBA whenever they want now, and uh, the salary cap's the same as last year. 
and um, we got oh did we get we got the opening of the trade moratorium which is going to be Monday at 12 Eastern if I got that right and then we got Woj bombs about Dennis Schroeder who it seems like is pretty much locked down going to be traded to the Lakers for the 28th pick and Danny Green um, yep. there'll be more to come on that front but hey what do you think about that trade uh, David so I was hoping they'd get a little more, especially because uh, Schroeder was a six-man-of-the-year candidate last year. Uh, Jared uh, Weiss, I believe he's – I can't remember if he's Celtics or Sixers. He said some of the people around the league have been saying expect to see lower prices back for guys in trade this offseason. I don't know the specifics of why that is, but – um, he was saying that people tend to think that there's going to be lower returns for trades than there have been in years past. So in that context, it might be okay. And I think it depends on what they get back for green. Uh, or if, I mean, as you mentioned, this is still developing, they could flip green to another team and get something back. I've got some thoughts on where that might go um, based on who's really kind of in the mix for that stuff. Uh, but yeah. It's, it's, again, lower than I thought they would get, but I think it's a win for the Lakers, and it's nice to have another pick. So, Yeah, so, so something Keith Smith mentioned, um, and something that I think most of us are probably aware of, is that the Lakers basically have no draft picks they can trade due to yep. the Steepian rule. So this trade would basically have to happen at the draft. Yep. I'm wondering, so there's obviously you can expand it into a three-team deal. I'm wondering if you've ever heard of a trade happening where somebody goes like, okay, we're going to get 28. So let's package that and just like take our word for it. And then we'll flip that to you in another deal afterward. Yeah, I don't. Well, the problem, the problem that you run into with that is if you're. Huh. So that gets into some weird salary cap minutia that I'm not totally up on. I'd want to, I'd want to go back to the CBA to check that, but I know with I know with players that you already have signed, once you take them in in a trade, you can't aggregate a player mm -hmm. for salary. Like you just have to flip him out. There's also um, something with guys that you get in the draft. Um, I believe, and don't quote me on this because I haven't looked at the CBA on this particular point in a minute, and it's super complicated. But I believe you can't trade those draft rights again uh once you have them mainly mm -hmm. because of like you have like a 30-day period to like get the draft well no i take that back because you can trade them i i've heard of guys getting i don't know just <laughs> we just that. Hey, it's we a, just, it's a we, long we document it's a long we document. just witnessed the mental gymnastics of bird rights nba right here on this podcast <laughs> it's yeah, I'd, I'd have to actually look at CBA fact on that because I don't think – sorry, I'm getting a good view of my chest. Great chest. My second screen. You, you, you've been working out, haven't you? <laughs> you obviously lift. I really bro. have not. <laughs> that bottle uh, okay, button, let's see. Um, sorry, I've got two screens. Actually, I have, I have three computers sitting on my desk right now, so uh, – it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not a it's not a big deal. I mean, the obviously easiest way would be that if the Thunder want to flip or package twenty eight, they could still do it. It would just have to expand into a three team trade, right? Yeah, 
Um, how are draft picks handled in trades? Okay, so if you guys want to keep going with stuff, I'm I'm checking it right now. Uh, yeah, Alex and Maddie, weigh <laughs> in. What do you think about this trade? So I, I thought that – I thought – so I, I'm thinking it's, it's a good trade, and the reason I think it's a good trade is because I think we are going to get maybe something else for Danny Green. Uh, and so when you look at the totality of everything that you get for Schroeder, you know, you end up getting a first-round pick in 28. Uh, and then possibly you get, I think Danny Green's value to like a contender probably be like a, a nice second round pick. Um, and so you end up, you know, a first round pick, second round pick, and maybe maybe you bring back a young player somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, man, I, I, you know, it's it's coming. You know, this, this trade season yeah. is coming, and we're going to get draft picks back. We're going to get young players back. And we're going to get bad contracts back. And, you know, Schroeder, even though he was a six-man-of-the-year candidate, you know, he's not an all-NBA player. He's not a superstar. He's just – he's a quality point guard in this league, someone that should be a starter. Um, and so as far as what you get back, you know, it's not going to be the haul that you got for PG or for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, well, and I think one thing that's pretty crucial about Danny Green is he's he had a down shooting year last year, and I was just looking at his B-ball ref page. That's happened a few times in his career. Um, and then he bounces back. Like he'll have a, a down year where he shoots him as like 36%. And then he'll come back the next year and hit 40%. And if he can do that, like, especially even if we don't get to expand this into a three team deal, if he can come into the gym and provide some veteran leadership and shoot the lights out, then at the deadline, he's going to have even more value. Maddie, over to you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we all would have liked to get a little bit more out of Dennis Schroeder, for sure. We thought him being a six-man-of-the-year candidate would vault him into maybe a mid-first-round mid pick, uh, something like that. But the, the real benefit is, you know, him and, and Green's salaries, their, their contract is pretty much the same, and they're both expiring deals. And at this point, if we're not going to be competitive, like we picked up a first-rounder that we could potentially flip or um, – I don't know if like a, a Pokashevsky or whatever is going to last to 28. Um, but like we could come good on, he probably won't, but we could go good on that promise. Or if Presti has somebody else in mind, that's a, a late first round flyer. Like that's great. Um, it just gives us more flexibility, which not every team in the NBA has that right now. And not every team in the NBA is looking to just acquire assets so we're kind of in a unique position to take advantage of everybody trying to be in an arms race and take each other out I wonder if um, this is just something I've been pondering for the last hour or whatever since the news broke I wonder if we did that deal with the Lakers to kind of uh, get out in front and show hey the Lakers just got stronger but we have other pieces that you may want in an arms race yeah. Uh, so if, if you're going to want to legitimately contend, it's going to cost you now. And I, I don't know. Um, and plus there's always that nice bonus of us owning the other Los Angeles team's future. And if they don't win a championship, then, uh, you know, maybe that thing blows up sooner rather than later. So a lot of different angles. Uh, Presti is playing like 5d chess right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think hurting the Clippers is definitely a part of it. Um, Going back to something David said earlier, um, I think he quoted someone named Weiss, who I'm not familiar with, saying that they expect trade 
returns to be depressed a little bit. I wonder if that's partially because for expiring deals, particularly, basically everybody in the league is going to have cap space next year. So the competition for keeping your own unrestricted free agents is going to be through the roof. And it's a reason that I was so high on trading Dennis Schroeder and a reason I was happy basically getting any late first for him. Uh, I just felt like there's going to be like six teams offering him a starting role at whatever salary he wants next season. And he's just going to walk away to a better team. David, do you think that could be part of it? Yeah, I think that could be part of it. Um, I mean, and I don't know. So actually I just looked up Jared. Uh, Jared's the Celtics writer for the athletic. Um, So that's okay. Shout out Jared. Yep. Um, But yeah, I think that could be part of it because teams don't want to give up a ton. Well, I think the big, the elephant in the room is Giannis Mm -hmm. because Giannis is coming into free agency and also, you know, that last year of a guy's contract um, can sometimes be sort of a lame duck year. I think a lot of teams are keeping their powder dry. They're wanting to keep cap space. Uh, they're wanting to keep assets. Uh, they want to be ready if someone like Giannis comes on the trade market or um, they want to keep their cap space open uh, mm-hmm. for him. So that could be part of it too. Could uh, could. Could how teams react during the trade and in the days leading up to free agency and and during free agency kind of signify maybe what direction they think Giannis is going? Because I saw that, you know, Woj put out that the deadline for him to sign his, you know, what's going to be a max extension is December 21st. And so teams believe that, you know, he's not going to sign that or, you know, they may act differently than if they could, you know, if they know that he's going to sign it regardless. Yeah. I don't know. Cause, cause the thing with that is like guys can change direction really fast. Um, I mean, we've seen it before where out, it's Katie. like a guy is, a guy is not available. He's not available. He's not available. We're not taking calls on him. We're not taking discussions. And all of a sudden it's like, this guy wants out. We're taking calls. Um, yeah. I mean, teams plan ahead, yeah, actually a lot further than people think. Like, they'll plan, you know, five, ten, especially five, but even, like, ten years ahead. But that's one where I don't I don't think teams are, are, you know, counting on, you know, the latest news on what Giannis is going to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's betting as if – they have a chance to get him because if the opportunity comes up, that's, that's a once in a lifetime thing. You literally cannot miss out on it. Guys will lose their jobs over that. Yeah. And it's, and it's just overall just a really good free agent class. I mean, I think like a huge percentage a of the league one. is free yeah. agents. So teams want to keep all their flexibility. They're taking notes out of the Sam Presti playbook. Speaking of which, um, I feel like just zooming out from this Dennis Schroeder trade, he is a good vet. We do have his bird rights. He has said he likes to be here. There was even that quote um, around him not wanting to go to L.A. or whatever because he liked our front office, I think, which is – he said he received offers. I kind of think that's like they were trying to get him to see if he would agree to an extension, and that would have probably helped our value. But put that aside – 
Um, with all these things in mind, I think trading a player like that in that situation for the 28th overall pick in a draft, if nothing else, this fully signals the start of the blow it up rebuild to me. Like, Oh yeah. It couldn't be any, no doubt. This is a total, like the start of a tank move, right? You're, you're trading, you're cashing in all your chips for future assets and making the team worse incidentally on the way to give, making your own traffic better. Yep. Although it was funny, uh, Ben Detrick, he's a Sixers writer today. He was talking about, <laughs> I, I retweeted it because it was funny, but he's like, yeah, the, the Thunder are tanking their way all the way to the three seed. He's like, <laughs> he's like yeah, they're, they're a tank team. I saw that actually. That it's was like funny. they're tanking, <laughs> I say, as the backcourt defense chokes me to death. <laughs> just like last year, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Alex, Maddie, you guys, you guys ready for the tank? Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm so ready for it. Like, I keep telling everybody, like, everybody who's not a real basketball fan that talks to me about the Thunder because they know that I talk about the Thunder all the time, they're like, man, why would they Why would they trade Chris Paul? Why would they trade, you know, Dennis Schroeder? Why would they trade Danilo Gallinari? And it's just like – Great players. Love them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to understand that as a small market team, the only way that you're going to get great – not good, great – is by drafting great players. And so you increase your odds of drafting great players by making moves that get you a ton of draft picks. Those draft picks may not be number one, number two, number three, but you can start to parlay those into maybe future draft picks or parlay those into players that at the moment, you know, they fit in your timeline, they fit in your um, in your thought process. And so, yeah, I, I love it. I'm, I'm ready for this. I know that the team has constructed, like if we keep, Gallinari, if we, if we, you know, keep Chris Paul, if we keep Dennis Schroeder, that team is not a championship team. It's a, it's a nice team. It's a fun team. It's not a championship team. Uh, plus, it's, it's an expensive team. And so we want to get back down to having our, our cap sheet, you know, as pretty, as clean as possible to where we can start to use that to our advantage also. We may not sign, a, you know, a major player, but we can definitely, you know, put some transactions in there that could help us out in getting future assets and getting, you know, things that we want. Well, and to yeah. your point there, too, um, you talk about getting draft picks. Um, I think people discount any pick that's not, like, top three. Um, not that, like, those are super valuable picks, yeah. But – and they stand a much higher chance of being an impactful player. But there's also sort of that process mindset that Sam Hankey had of, like, you're just – you're getting a lot more chances at getting an impactful player. And, you know, maybe that's not, um, you know, you have confidence in your scouting department and, and you whiff some, you will whiff some, but like some of those guys, I mean, like Manu Ginobili ended the second round, uh, Jimmy Butler picked number 30. Uh, Paul George was either late lottery or just outside of it. Um, you know, like Jokic was, end of the second round like if you have confidence in your scouting department having a lot of picks is nice like you can you can get some impactful guys and even if those guys are not necessarily stars in their own right you can flip them into other guys that are useful uh, and even, that's the sort of even, thing that Sam Presti's done even a guy like uh, Isaiah Thomas you know Isaiah Thomas yeah. he was Mr. Yeah, Irrelevant he was number 60 you know in a draft and he turned out to be, you know, I don't know if he's a multiple-time All-Star or one-time All-Star, but he turned out to be a pretty good player that was his whose career was derailed by injuries. Yeah. 
Well, frank, frankly, if you have less faith in your scouting department, you want even more, more throws at the dart board. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's teams that, there's teams that consistently do well at the end of the draft. Mm-hmm. Actually shout out the Lakers. Like they've been very good at the end of the draft, like their scouting department. And uh, that was a lot of it's Ryan West, who I don't think is there anymore. I think he moved on. Uh, but either that or he moved up. I can't remember which, but yeah, like they're, they've, killed some picks at the end of the draft i mean even like you know jordan clarkson he's not like a great player but he's better than you expect out of that draft slot kyle kuzma same thing like they've done consistent they've consistently overperformed their draft slot and if you're okc and you say i have confidence in my scouting department that's great guess guess who hired uh ryan west Uh, i don't remember troy weaver in in detroit of course he did (laughs) Come on, Troy. I, I hope he can save Detroit. I hope Troy can save Detroit. Really Whoa, I, did, I just realized Troy is in Detroit. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Matt, Maddie, how, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the tank? Um, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, we knew it was coming. I was semi-prepared for it last year, even though you and I, uh, we took the, the devil's advocate side in our preseason <laughs> pod or whatever. Um, going anti-tank and it turns out like all the things we said were true Um, but like that that was really that was really cool watching that come to fruition so much so that actually this team outperformed like the last three thunder teams before it um, which was really insane but uh, I my thought is like yes we say like the the Dennis Schroeder thing was the first step for everything else. Like, yeah, we, we know for sure, like, it's team, it's time to tank. I actually think that the Chris Paul deal is, like, pretty much solidified now. And because that's solidified, maybe with a few fringe things on the side to get it done, like, then we moved on knowing that, like, Dennis wasn't going to be involved in that and all that stuff. So, like, I think, really, this means that the Chris Paul deal is probably done maybe we even have something for Gallinari with the sign and trade ready to go as well. So um, I, I think like the Dennis Schroeder thing isn't probably step one. It's probably like step two or three in this thing. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready to like watch all the YouTube highlights of these like eighth graders and um, all the highlights of like, I've been talking myself into how fun it would be to have Andrew Wiggins running the three for us if we could get up to get two like you know just taking on his salary i want it man david brandon's like, face david brandon's face just completely that's cool. changed like, whenever you said that i hate you know Wiggins what? so much <laughs> you know what though like so do so other people much. and if that helps us get the number two pick in the draft being able to kind of just like finesse a few things and move all the way from 25 to two like what going into last year like that was the most fun Thunder team that we've had in a long time. And most Thunder fans would say that. And so even knowing how it ended, like I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade that season for knowing we had a top five pick in this year's draft, but we could possibly have our cake and eat it too. You know, taking on Wiggins isn't going to hurt us long-term really. Um, So I, I don't know if we have a chance to get a star and we could have Wiggins be here and kind of be fun and, and all that and maybe you know we, the game still has to be enjoyable we still kind of need to be competitive a little bit i just hope we lose every game by a point and then like we're golden so yeah i'm ready for team tank but i want it to be a fun tank 
Does anybody have further thoughts about Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player for a tank. Well, if he's shooting a lot. Minnesota, Minnesota <laughs> tanked for 10 years. Or, you know, for if whatever, he's shooting a lot, he's great. I don't work. want that. He's the definition of an empty calories player. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like, like he is the Snickers bar of NBA players. It's like, you're going to be hungry again in like 30 minutes, but you know, it's yeah. Except, except, except it's a Snickers bar that makes you more angry. <laughs> no, I talked to, uh, I talked to actually golden state writers probably more than anybody else. Cause I, same as Fondiari and I talk a lot. Um, so yeah, I I don't want Wiggins. <laughs> but but they're using him, right? They're they're gonna use him as a they're super high on as him. a as a pawn to go ahead and get rid of you know they're gonna use that in number two to try to get rid of that. Are that they contract. super high on him, or are they just That's like what they yeah, this saying. guy is super good? <laughs> you should trade for him. <laughs> so, so let me let me ask you this. Oh question. no! Since you since you talk to them and maybe you have a, a better beat on that than most other OKC fans what percentage chance would you give it that wiggins plus two goes somewhere else on draft night i don't know about on draft night but the the problem with that is i think i think golden state would get rid of him i don't know who would take him mm-hmm. um Somebody, somebody who's pretty aggressive and has um, has a track record of trying to get high draft picks and is not competing for a title this year. I mean, OKC could. Yeah, I'm saying it sounds like you're describing the Thunder. They really could. What about somebody who has a track record of, of reclamation projects? Yeah, I hate this discussion. Um, I mean, and the Thunder has a salary to match. I mean, they could match with Adams. And here's the thing. Golden State wants a rim-running center. They – I don't know if they would want Adams specifically, but they they want an athletic rim-running center. Um, And – I could see a fit. I really could. Um, but that's, that sounds a ton like James Wiseman, though. It not- does, which is why I'm not saying James Wiseman, because I can't say James Wiseman. They got to win now. They got to win now, guys. Um, yeah, so the, Wiseman, Wiseman's the guy that everybody's uh, – People think they're going for Wiseman, and I think they're probably going for Wiseman. Um, I can't say more than that. All right. He can't say more than that. That's what we like to hear. But, I mean, we'd like to hear um, more than that, but we do like to hear I can't say more than that also. That's a but, nice yeah, thing. I mean, it, it's possible to, if they decide to go a different direction, the Adams Plus could be a Wiggins thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like it, but it's possible. <laughs> we'll just say All that. Right. All right. All right. Um, 
Let's see another Thunder news, and I don't. We had this one in the in the group text. There was a report from sources that clicking down further, I find to be kind of questionable that the Miami Heat are quote very focused on several ways to acquire Danilo Gallinari. For the reason for the sources that that leads to, which is some podcast, and also for um, the reason that we just tried that and it didn't work. So, like, I don't see the point now. I'm just going to kind of skip right. over that one. Um, so let's get on to, the, let's get on to the, the big fish. Chris Paul. As we said, this Dennis Schroeder trade seems like kind of a, a canary down the tanking coal mine. Well, now is that right? The canary down the tanking coal mine died. That's <laughs> how you use that metaphor, I think. So that would mean that Chris Paul is almost definitely out. There's actually some speculation that there's a trade already agreed to um, that will just be announced later. Suns seem to be the front runner. Knicks aren't on the aren't off the table. Although it looks like Russell Westbrook might be stealing a little bit of our thunder in that market. Um, hey, <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> So we got funny. Philly. We got Philly. Maybe we got the Bucks. Is kind of a long shot. It looks like right now. David, what's your uh, what's your favorite deal from the Thunder's perspective for a Chris Paul trade right now? Thunder easily Suns. Suns, yeah. Yeah, it depends whether Chris Paul's on board with it or not. I think on that front, uh, there was some speculation. Uh, Eric Pincus put together uh, some stuff on how. Um, Chris Paul could go to the Lakers. Obviously, with the Schroeder thing, that's off the table now. Uh, and Pincus does great cap work, but he's also like a super Lakers homer. So, uh, just for what that's worth. And that was a long shot anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of any other team that's been kind of on the table that's a better fit for the Thunder as far as a Chris Paul deal. And it's just because, I mean, well, I guess assuming the Knicks won't give us eight, then 10 is probably the best single asset that would be attainable. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree with and that. Then, and the Knicks ancillary pieces coming back would be grim. Yeah. Well, like, don't tell Dylan. Don't tell Dylan that. Shout out Dylan because he's all about getting Kevin Knox and his weird forehead on the Thunder. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> So, so okay, so you talk about those ancillary pieces when it comes to the Suns. I mean, the the one that people talk about the most is Rubio and Oubre. Um, is, that, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think both of those guys are – Oubre's a guy I like just, like, as a guy, uh, mm. and he's young still. Um, I'm just pulling up the Suns' salary right now to, to confirm that. So, Oubre would be expiring – but you'd have his bird rights. Um, Rubio, mm -hmm. uh, he'd have another year left on his contract, but he played he played well last year in, in Phoenix. Like, he's a guy that you could probably flip. Um, yeah. Like, small I'd note expect, here, I would expect um, that to be a three-teamer. Yeah. Small note, Ubre is not eligible for an extension because he only signed a two-year contract. Just – Right. Not telling you this, um, I'm sure you know that, but just in general. So that's like one of the reasons the Suns are kind of eager to move him is because he's definitely getting the unrestricted free agency, which is scary. Mm, yeah. 
Also, other side note, if the Thunder do get Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio on the team, the, the eyelash count on this team just, like, skyrockets immediately. <laughs> Those guys, I mean, man. Like, Alex's ceiling fan was making some noise before we started recording. They wouldn't even need one. You just get those guys in there blinking a few times, cool the room down. I mean, I do think one thing that would help the Thunder if they did get Oubre is that the that teams are not going to want to close up their cap space with, um, you know, the Giannis sweepstakes in the offing. That might drive the market down a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you? I do. So, do you get his bird? Yeah, you do get his bird rights, right? Because he was, because he got traded. He didn't actually like. Yeah, he, didn't he didn't sign with another team. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would the? So I mean, that's pretty much the pick ten. Ubre and Rubio are like the centerpiece, kind of that every or the foundation of the deal that everybody's saying. You said Rubio's flippable. What What do you see about? Ubre getting moved on to another team. I know he, his age kind of still fits with a rebuild timeline, but if you're like, I mean, the, it's plausible too. Every team needs what he has. I mean, he's a he's a useful wing, and those guys get paid, and they like every team wants wings, good wings. Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what you get for him, especially if the trade market's kind of down this year, but. Um, it's I feel possible. like you could get more than we got for Dennis. I mean, yeah, I, just, I think I, think I just so. value wings really highly and over point guards. So maybe the same. If you're talking, it's probably coming from a contender, so it's probably not a great pick, but something. Right. I mean, the other possibility though is a team that's kind of on the outside and wants to wants to knock on the door. I mean, you might you might look at a Charlotte for say a. a Trevion Graham or like uh, Atlanta Hawks who desperately want to make the playoffs. Um, that's actually one where I think a Danny Green flip is fairly likely. That's one of my top like possible flip destinations for Green. Um, and Ubre would be the same thing. Like they're looking mm-hmm. for guys that can kind of contribute now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, you said Dallas, right? I didn't say Dallas, but Dallas is another one. I guess I broke up a little bit. We have reports. Matt Moore, a friend of the pod, reported that Dallas is looking for wing upgrades this offseason. We also think that Dallas is probably looking to get into the honest sweepstakes. So I feel like Danny Green and Kelly Oubre with their expiring contracts would be pretty logical choices there for them also. Um, And, hey, they got the 18th pick just just sitting there waiting on us. Um, yeah, it seems like the Suns are kind of the front runner, both in like the package they can offer and all the rumors that we've been hearing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out immediately once trades are allowed to happen. I also wouldn't be surprised if it waits till draft night or whatever. Um, I guess going back to Gallinari a little bit, how, how, how good do you think the odds of us getting anything for him are? Um, not very good because, well, so I actually put a little bit of credence in that heat rumor, uh, whether or not, uh, it's from a great source. Like we know they wanted him pretty badly, not badly enough to give up like significant stuff, but they wanted him pretty badly. Um, 
they're going to re-sign. Their cap sheet looks pretty clean next year. Um, their guaranteed total, I mean, Kelly Olenek's probably going to pick up his option. So they're at $83 million next year. Probably want to keep Dragic. They probably want to keep Dragic. If they sign Dragic, um, I mean, honestly, none of the rest of these guys, Udonis Haslam's a min level. Derek Jones will probably get paid something, but like Derek Jones's cap hit is not high. So, I mean, like they could just sign Gallinari outright, depending on the contract he's holding out for. What kind of deal are we looking at for him? That would make sense. I mean, I think he wants, I think he wants more than MLE. I think he'll get MLE. And MLE now is a little more than it used to. Like MLE is close to 10. Um, I think he'll get around 10 per. Um, it could be less. I mean, there's probably teams that will come sniffing with the taxpayer MLE, but I think he's uh, he's probably holding out for 10-ish, uh, 10 to 15 per year. Yeah, I'm probably, hoping it's closer probably, to 15. Yeah, probably a two plus one. Selfishly. Possibly. The, the main sticking point for Gallinari is he's going to want to get paid through the point where Giannis hits the market. And it depends what team is going to give that for him. And if he wants to go to the Heat, they really want they, – they want their cap clean for that because they think they have a good chance. Um, but I don't know. It, it's going to come down to what Gallo wants. Um, if he wants a higher salary – Kelly Olenek's going to pick up his player option probably, and that he can just absorb the rest in their in their um, cap space. Um, there's several different ways they could do it. Um, it would hard cap the Heat, but the Heat don't have to worry about the hard cap because they're, I mean, they're they're not a cap space team right now. So, I mean, they they are a cap space team. They're not a uh, they're not an over the cap team, so they don't have to worry about it that much. Right. Yeah. I'm honestly a team that's starting to worry me about snagging Gallo away from us is the Suns if if they get Chris Paul because they have the cap space to give him whatever he wants for, you know, up to like 19 million or something. And he likes Chris Paul. So. Uh, uh, well, I mean, like, I, I suppose, I mean, they could cut Frank Kaminsky. They've got a, a bunch of guys on kind of the back end of their roster that they could cut. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really have the cap space to do that. Um, I mean, they I, they could. Baines is moving on, probably. Um, but, I mean, they're probably not going to cut, like, Cech Diallo, Elio Cobo, uh, Javon Carter's, you know, who's Javon Carter? Like, he's, he's there. Campaign signed. What would that get them up uh, to if they – So, they're, they're guaranteed – they're that. guaranteed – uh, is 83 uh, they're inclusive is 100 um, so with everything that's options and and uh, that sort of thing uh, without Dario Saric and Javon Carter uh, that drops from six mil so they'd get they could get to like 94 pretty comfortably cut Frank Kaminsky and you're at like a 89 ish uh, but then you have to consider that your exceptions count against the cap too unless you decide not to use them um 
and just say like, we, we're not gonna use our, our exception. So if they want to use anything that's not the room exception, which possibly they don't, um, that's but they'd have to get, they'd, actually they'd have to get rid that. of all their, yeah. So they'd have to get rid of all their cap, uh, all their cap holds because your exceptions actually apply as a cap hold. Uh, okay. if you're so under the cap. let's say they fill up their cap space on Gallinari, then they just don't have the MLE to use. That's what you're saying. They don't have the MLE. They have the room exception. Yep. Right. Which is a slightly lower um, number. I don't know what exactly what it is this year, but it's, you know, roughly, you know, think of it as like taxpayer MLE. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I, I feel like we're in a college level course right now talking <laughs> salary cap. This is awesome. Here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of guys out there better than I am. I know bits and pieces, but like John Hamm knows it better than I do. Like, and then like Albert Namad, Eric Pincus, you know, Bobby Marks, like those guys all, they, they know it backwards and frontwards. Oh, hush. You're great. Hey, so talking about exceptions, all these exceptions. So we have two uh, traded player exceptions, TPEs. Yes. Uh, yeah. That we have, you know, that love are those. Up, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we do. Um, that, that, that are coming up on probably the deadlines here as soon as we hit uh, the moratorium. You know, it probably has a couple days after that. Um, so we have one for 9.3, and we have another one from 10.4 million. Um, number one, why are these why are these hardly used? And number two, do you see the Thunder possibly finally using these um, to either take on salary uh, to get at to get assets, or maybe to get a player that they want but that maybe another team doesn't want? Um, so for uh, part of the reason why they don't get used much is because OKC doesn't tend to do a lot of like those midsize trades. So like we've got a nine, nine and a 10, basically, as you say. Um, so any guy that's on the minimum salary, you can flip him and it's just the minimum exception. Um, so you can absorb a guy that's at the minimum uh, without having to send out salary in return. You have to send something, but you have to, you don't have to send matching salary. Um, for TPEs, um so basically, I had this discussion on Twitter earlier today. You can absorb a guy lower than that salary number, but you can't aggregate it. It's not like a, it's not like a player, um, which not everybody knows. Um, but OKC, like they've they've been a tax team. I think that's part of it. Is like they just haven't had the, you know, there's no reason to absorb a guy with that exception when it's going to cost you a whole bunch of money. Um, or if it push you over the tax line or that sort of thing. Uh, and then like, once you get below the cap, like it's a moot point to use the exception because you're below the cap. Like you, you can just absorb guys into your um, salary cap space and not worry about the exception. Um, just for example, we, we got one of these by trading Jeremy Grant into Denver's exception, which means we didn't have to take anything back. So that was part of the benefit of that trade. Right. That, that was I mean, for the listeners. If, yeah, that's fine. Uh, if the Thunder, so looking at my projection after the Danny Green trade, if nobody um, takes Green, we're at 107 million ballpark next year. Uh, we'll probably be just under the cap. 
might be actually we'll, we'll probably operate as an over the cap team because there's probably some cap hold on the back end of the roster and teams like to operate over the cap until they don't have to um so if they wanted to operate as an over the cap team they could absorb a guy but i don't i don't expect it to happen if it does, it's going to be as part of a larger trade, and they're just absorbing a guy to like flip a flip a TPE into a new TPE. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like we flipped that. Sorry, that just reminded me of the traded player inception we pulled off last summer that got me so excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so last so we traded Paul George for Gallinari and Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? And those salaries work with each other. That's fine. Like that trade would have worked in a vacuum for over the cap or whatever. Um, Instead we used the Carmelo Anthony traded player exception to take SGA back, which carved like 4 million off of it. It was 15. Now it's 10 or nine or whatever. And then we traded Paul George for Danilo Gallinari straight up using the Clippers cap space which got us another exception back. And it's just, it it probably won't even matter. Like we probably won't even use it, but just that's such a creative little bit of cap mechanics that Sam did just to milk the last drop of asset out of that trade. Right. And good teams do that. Good teams do that all the time. Like, you'll hear guys who, who are into the cap talk about like, you know, the order of operations matters because sometimes like the order in which you do the trades, like every simultaneous trade, especially if it's a big one, like it, it actually consists of multiple like small trades uh, and good teams will structure that to get the most TPEs um, and the most salary cap flexibility that they can, because the order of it matters in terms of how you, get your guys back and structure it but yeah anyway super nerdy stuff most people don't care about that but that got real yeah. nerdy mm, talk <laughs> talk nerdy to me <laughs> uh okay so in light of the impending tank i guess the last guy to kind of talk about that could or could not go is Stephen adams um david do you do you see him as part of our future do you think he'll get traded this year? Do you think we'll re-sign him? How do you see his career playing out with the Thunder? My heart says he stays. My head says he goes. This um, year? That's a, yeah, that's a whopping chunk of expiring salary. I mean, that's $27 million, 27 million of expiring salary. And if OKC is willing to take money back, mm-hmm. which they should be because um, if they let go – Steven Adams, Dennis. So let me preface this with these are my, um, this is my projection based on what we know right now. Steven Adams uh, is not on cap for next free agency. Danilo Gallinari is not. He just walks. Dennis Schroeder's uh, obviously not because he's not here. Um, Terrence Ferguson's gone because he's Terrence Ferguson. Mike Muscala, he's a min, it doesn't matter. Abdel Nader's a minimum, it doesn't matter. Um, so with all my projected stuff, the Thunder would be at around 60-ish in oh my God, a max guaranteed slot? salary. We could get a max free agent? They could, they could, get, they could get a max slot. Uh, they <laughs> won't, 
but they could get a max slot. So my guess is if they were going to trade for something, they'd eat somebody's bad contract for Steven Adams, somebody who thinks they can get Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, Maybe maybe expiring contracts are back in vogue a little bit. My my heart hopes that we just keep him and re-sign him at like a better yeah. number. And then he's around for veteran leadership. He's around to for locker room culture. Still a good player, despite what everybody thinks. There's this thing where somebody gets overpaid and then everybody thinks they suck. When yep. it's really like they're just they're good. They're just not that good. Um, yep. And if we get him at a reasonable number on a for a few years, then he'll he'll have even more trade value then than he does now. So that's that's what I hope if he just sticks around for a little bit. And uh, real quick, uh, just as G Wiz and, and kind of good to know, isn't there a salary floor that we have to meet as well? There is. So uh, they would. There's an incomplete roster charge, and I haven't updated that because of uh, I need to check what the new minimum scale is. So there would be some incomplete roster charges on that if they did do that. Um, That's where Andrew Wiggins comes into the fold. <laughs> so you have to be uh, – so basically we you take a – you have to add a minimum salary hold to your cap for every player under 12. Um, not under the age of 12, but under 12 on your roster. Hey, we got a whole um, bunch of those coming up in our team. Yeah. So. That applies to <laughs> most of our draft picks. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going full Euro League. Just start them out at like 10 years old, like they're in the farm system already. The Oklahoma City light blue is where they're going. The light blue. Oh, God. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I'm sure there's probably – I don't know. My phone died. There's probably been some breaking news while we've been on the pod, if I had to guess. But yeah, um, and, and probably nah. by the time this you hear this, unless you listen tonight, if you listen to this on Monday, half of this might be uh, irrelevant or obsolete. But this has been a lot of fun. I have I have a game I actually want to play before we get out of here. Um, are you down, Brandon? Sure. I used your Let's last go. name on purpose. That's fine. <laughs> People do it not on purpose all the time. I answer to everything now. Um, so Maddie and Alex, you want to play against him? Sure. All right. I have, so I have five trades. I'm going to keep, they're kind of simple. Like I'm not going to, and I'm going to give you some salary numbers too. So I know you have your cap sheets up, but I'm not going to ask you just have to have the whole league's salary, uh, memorized. Although we should coming on here as an expert. Um, so these are five trades that do not work for a very specific reason. And I want to see who can give me the reason that they don't work the fastest. Um, we've actually talked about a lot of them. So, okay. Here's the first trade. My answer the for you is going to be Stepien rule, but go ahead. <laughs> don't give away. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Okay, the, here's the first one. The Thunder trade Deontay Burton for Bradley Beal. Go. Uh, the salaries don't match. The <laughs> Thunder doesn't have cap space. All right. And that's, just, right. and that's just a bad deal for OKC, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Like, like Billy Bradley Beal scored more. All right. I started off easy. I wanted to give you guys a warm-up one. They, they get a little harder. I'm not saying I'm going to stump anybody. 
Okay. That's point. That's point, Alex. Though, right? <laughs> yeah, you, Alex Probably, got it uh, first yeah. by my score. <laughs> I think card. he did. That's right. Okay. the The Rockets trade their 2023 first round pick in whatever trade. The, um, is is that a swap? Nope. That's one of the OKC's. Uh, oh, nope. Stepien. Uh, ah, Alex, he got you on Stepien. You even called that it would say it that it would be one. Oh, that's what I said. I'm not gonna say it. That's Stepien. They owe us their 2024 pick, so they cannot trade 2023. So, for the uninformed listeners, Stepien rule means that you can't trade picks in consecutive years. A team cannot. A team cannot have no draft pick in consecutive years. They can have another team's unprotected Mm -hmm. draft pick. They just have to have a draft pick, but they can't have no draft picks in consecutive years. And it has to and the key word being it has to be unprotected. Like yeah, you can't it has have, to be unprotected. Yeah, you can't have securities on it. The way I think well, of it in my head is they can't set up a scenario where they won't have draft picks two years in a row. Yeah, basically. Like no scenario. Well well, but they, they draft they can trade the rights of a player to somebody right. that doesn't count against the step in rules. So a that's pick how teams kind of get around it. Yeah. Right. Which is He's why the actual, Lakers like, trade has player. to happen on draft night. See, I, I guess a, a small example of this is like, so the Lakers owe the Pelicans their 2021 first. Now it has this weird reverse protection on it where the Pelicans only get it if it's in the top 10, which is not going to happen. So the Lakers are going to have a draft pick in 2021, but the possibility that they won't means they can't trade 2020 until it's no longer a draft pick, until it becomes a player. Yep. This is great. This is exactly what I was hoping for. Is we use I have a question on that. So I have a question. I have a question on that. So as far as the Stepien rule, if, if a team heads into the trade deadline and there's no possible way based on their record that they can get to, to the protection or whatever, can they possibly pick uh, trade their pick away during before the trade deadline if they know that you know, the, the protection on the other pick is going to go ahead and give it to him anyway. Nope. Doesn't matter. Okay. The protection still counts. Yep. Um, okay. Third, number three, we're tied one to one because I, th- I believe because Alex forfeited. Because <laughs> Alex question. recused, Alex recused himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Supreme court judged myself. <laughs> uh, enough politics. <laughs> <laughs> The, the Thunder trade, Dennis Schroeder – well, the, the Lakers trade isn't finalized, so we can still talk about this one. I came up with this last night. The Thunder trade, Dennis Schroeder to the Knicks into their salary cap space and receive nothing at all in return. You have, to, you have to receive something. Every trade has to have something received in return, like not a TPE. Like it has to be a, a draft pick. Every team involved in a trade must touch at some point it has to be a draft pick or a player but it has to, even cash um but it has to be a touch they're gonna touch send rule. us back uh they're gonna send us back uh was it sophocles sorsonitis or whatever greek shack Persanus. <laughs> uh yeah i don't remember how to pronounce his name but yeah yeah what you'll see in these situations Just call him sofa, is... sofa. Yeah, <laughs> the couch <laughs> What what you'll see in these situations a lot where a team just wants to basically gift something to another team is they'll send back a second-round pick that's top 55 protected. 
mm. knowing that that's basically nothing. It's just like a token asset. Okay, number four. The Warriors received Nerlens Noel in a sign-and-trade, $4 million, for Kevon Looney, $4 million. Wait, what team is Kevon the Looney Warriors on? received Nerlens Noel in a sign-and-trade. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um, that would hard cap them, I believe. Uh, without looking, um, I think they that would put them in trouble with the hard cap. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Way trouble. Big trouble. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't have their cap sheet off the top of my head, but I know they're well into the tax. Uh, and any any sign and trade transaction yeah. caps a team at the at the apron, which is four million over the tax line, I believe. Um and the, the something the, around there. Yeah. Yeah. And the dubs are deeply, deeply into the tax. They were, weren't they? Weren't they hard ta- uh, hard cap last year too because of the yeah they were they were but uh, now D-Lo, Draymond the D-Lo deal yeah. they were but now yes. Draymond Green's extension is kicked in too yep there, which when I, I would not be night, surprised if I would not be surprised if Green gets traded at some point <laughs> wow that makes me happy that makes me happy um, when I checked last night they were at 149 million current currently so yeah they're in trouble with the hard cap if they. Basically, they can't receive a, a receive a sign and trade player. Sorry to anybody who's trying to get Danilo Gallinari over there to get us an asset back. <laughs> unless, unless you lower salary in the trade, uh, but you'd have to lower it a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hard. They probably need a under the cap team. Okay, yeah, last one. One thirty-two. Yep. One thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. La- last one. Um, okay. Question five. The Thunder received Montrez Harrell on a $12 million sign and trade for Dennis Schroeder, who's on a $15 million contract. Mm. I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I know that either. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, I mean, if it's, if it's not salary match – uh, and it, I don't. I will say it does it involve salary matching, but there is another piece of the puzzle that I'm looking for. <clears throat> here's a here's maybe a small hint. Montrez Harrell's previous contract was six million dollars. Oh, oh duh! The, it's BYC. Yes. It's base year yeah. compensation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I should know that. Go. I've I've corrected so many people on it. I should know that. <laughs> Um, hey, just just for the the listeners asking for a friend, what does that mean? Based your compensation. <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna make me explain this. That one sucks. Um, <laughs> give me a second here. So, base your compensation is a means of avoiding those sorts of sign and trade uh, transactions where a player goes from a very small salary to a very large one and gets signed and traded. Um, or that they were like on a rookie deal and then they got an extension or they, they got a new deal and then they're traded um, while they're still on their rookie scale because that would make some salary matches and some valuations uh, available for teams that the NBA thought would be um, non-competitive. Yeah. Uh, so base your compensation, I'm going to pull up, CBA fact as my cheat sheet here. Because... So, so isn't that like isn't that like like say like a rookie who who just signed an extension? Usually, when your 
rookie extensions still have one more year left on their rookie scale deal. Um, so let's say that rookie scale deal is at four million. You can't. So once you can't trade him for the four million, you have to go ahead and combine basically all the years and all the money on the contract, and then the average of that is what you can trade for. Basically, I mean it's it's a little more complicated well, that, but ballpark. Um, yeah, um, they pretty much only apply to sign and trades now. Um, I think previous CBAs they applied to more than that. Um, but basically, uh, if a if a player's new salary is more than the minimum, he receives a bigger than twenty percent raise, and the team's at or above the cap after the signing. Uh, his salary for trade purposes is either his previous salary or 50% of his new salary, whatever is greater. And then the team receiving the player uses his new salary for the salary match. So say in this example, Montrez Harrell makes $12 million on his new mm-hmm. deal. They can't use $12 million as a salary match. They have to use whatever is higher of his old salary or half of his new salary, which would be four million or six million. It would be six million because his new salary is higher. That means that you cannot salary match because, um, well, I mean, there's a few different strictures on that, but basically, there's no way to make a salary match. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's say basically it's so we can't. Um say we had Nerlens Noel's bird rights. We can't just like sign him for a max and trade him for Giannis because Giannis demanded to be here. Right. Because that's sneaky. And they yeah. try not to let people be sneaky. Yeah. Although teams still try. I mean, like Daryl Morey's fake Nene uh, contract <laughs> last year. <laughs> I love that. Daryl Morey's just like, the guy who just like. It was great he's fun. Like, Stop me. I dare you. Stop me. It was, it was, wasn't it like incentive based or whatever? Like if he reaches these incentives yeah. or whatever, then his salary would be this. So that would allow him to trade for a salary that's like bloated and right. super inflated. Yeah. And the league was like, uh, nah. Well, that's if, the thing if about Nene gets MVP of the league, then his salary, like it'll balloon up to, and it's like, nah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's one of those things is like the league, there's, you have to count likely incentives on a lot of stuff. The league's willing to fudge a little bit with likely stuff. You know, it's like, you know, there's a rule about like, if you trade draft rights uh, as a touch in a trade, like it has to be a player that's likely to come over and they play pretty fast and loose with that. Um You know, the league's willing to give you a little bit of flexibility, but in some cases they're just like, yeah, nah just don't even bother yep and uh you know we got pretty nerdy pretty in-depth on this pod and there's again like david brandon said like there's so much that we don't even know that some of the like professional experts could blow us out of the water with and the reason there are so many rules is because the people trying to get around the rules are very smart we have sam presti and daryl Morey out here trying to be sneaky so that's why it's all so complicated. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, David. It was. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Thank you, man. That was awesome. Looking forward to trade season. We got the draft coming up next week. We got free agency following. Very soon after that, uh, the, the tank is here. Sam Presti is still with us. Oh, we got a new coach, by the way. That was fun. <laughs> this is going to be great.
really looking forward to it. Uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. See you on the other side. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.